0: All right, so before we get on with the show, uh, I want to pass along my condolences to the friends and family of Garnet Walker. Garnet Walker was a childhood classmate of mine, and coming from a small town, you, you share the same class year after year after year after year with the same people, and Garnet and I were in the same class year after year after year after year. Um, so we, we knew each other, we knew of each other now, you know, truth be told, Garnet and I were not friends. We weren't buddies. Uh, we didn't hang out. Uh, we probably didn't even really talk that much. Um, but again, he, he was, uh, he was there year after year and, you know, without getting into too much, Garnet actually impacted my life a lot more than he knew and then I had any opportunity to express to him and it's a bit of a long story and it's a bit of a a strange story truth be told Um, but he did and I had or I have Garnet on my social media on my Facebook and the day before I'm recording this his obituary popped up And, you know, Garnet was 45 years old and you hate anybody, 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 whether you know them from a walk of life or not, to go that, that damn young is, is a tragedy. And again, I, I, feel for his friends. I feel for his family. Um, in the description of this podcast, I am going to, uh, provide a link to a GoFundMe page to help out with uh, Garnet's daughter's uh, education. I believe her name is Tegan, and uh, she's you know she's going through post-secondary education right now. And if I understand correctly, Garnet was you know a big financier to that. So if you guys can do me a favor, you know, I know a lot of you, if not all of you have never even heard of Garnet Walker. But if you could do me a favor, if you could do the host of your favorite wrestling podcast, if you could do me a favor, please click on that link. If you can, if you can, you know, if you can spare a few bucks, it would be greatly appreciated. Every little bit helps, and it will help uh, Garnet Walker's daughter once again. Garnet, I'm sorry I didn't get the opportunity to tell you Uh, The funny little story of how you impacted my life. Maybe one of these days I will, uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll share that story with everybody. But until then, um, you know, my deepest, uh, deepest condolences to everyone. And uh, Garnet, Godspeed, my friend.
1: From pillar to post and coast to coast. This is a one-man gang! You're listening to a book of... Hey, do you watch wrestling?
0: be Ladies and gentlemen, it's... Hello, fighters, and welcome to the It's Time to Fight podcast. My name is Matthew Terry. Thank you so much for clicking on that play button. I appreciate every single click that that play button gets. Uh, Last week, I mentioned how I had tried to get my mentor, Dave Dalton, onto this show to commemorate episode 100, and that that never happened. Um... People might be wondering if I'm mad at Dave Dalton. No, I'm. I'm not mad at Dave. Am I disappointed? Well, hundred percent, I'm disappointed. Uh, but I'm not going to get mad because the man doesn't want to come onto this show. Um, the reason I cannot get mad is because I know that Dave Dalton means a lot more to me than I do to him. I am fully aware of this, I understand this, and I'm okay with this. Uh, Before I pressed record, I tried and tried to think of how I could explain. What I came up with is that Dave Dalton is comparable to a stripper. Now imagine walking into a strip club for the first time. You walk in the front door, and the first place you look is on the stage because you know that there will probably be a stripper there. That's a good place to find a stripper is on a stage. So you are now looking at your very first real, in-the-flesh stripper. Now maybe you've seen a stripper outside of a strip club, But this is a stripper in their natural element. And you're lucky. You're lucky because your very
1: first stripper
0: is a good one. Has a nice face. Nice body. uh, Can dance really well. It's a great stripper. When the stripper comes off stage, you go up and say hello. Uh, And the stripper is very nice. Nice. Very kind, very friendly. Not in a I want your money type of way. A genuinely nice, kind, friendly stripper. After talking for a bit, someone else walks up to the stripper and wants time with the stripper. They may even be paying the stripper for a dance, a champagne dance. Um, your feelings are not hurt. This is how the stripper makes their money. You understand that they need to do what they need to do. Uh, after a little while, the stripper is walking around the club saying hi to customers, chatting people up, being their genuinely nice, kind, friendly self. When they get to you, they say, hey, it's you. How are you? Are you enjoying yourself? Uh, now you've been sitting there for a little bit. You've seen other strippers. You've talked to other strippers, but this is your stripper. This stripper means something to you. Now you've not you've not fallen in love with the stripper, but this stripper means something because this stripper brought you into seeing strippers. you try and talk about stuff that the stripper would be interested in, but you know the stripper's not really interested. They pay attention, they listen, they nod their head, and they do their best to stay engaged, but it's just not there. Then there's someone else who talks to the stripper, and that person talks about things that the stripper... Okay, you know what? <laughs> um, I think I kind of got lost on this whole stripper thing. Listen, in a nutshell, I did not have the athleticism that Dave Dalton wanted and admired out of his proteges. I did not live the lifestyle that he enjoyed talking about with his proteges. I did not partake often enough, in the extracurricular activities that he enjoyed partaking in. So I understand that Dave Dalton, as genuine as the man is, was, and I'm sure still is, would not consider me as one of his favorites, if you will many wrestlers staff fans etc came and went through battleground academy that related so much better than i did with dave dalton dave dalton allowed me to get into the wrestling business he gave me platforms to evolve excel, and thrive in the wrestling business. So, no. I am not mad at Dave Dalton for not coming on to this show. Who is on this show is Raja Ali. Raja is someone that I may not have personally interacted with, but was an important fixture of my wrestling upbringing. He worked for the, quote, rival company, CPW, while I worked for the Universal Wrestling Alliance. Um, Him and I talk history. We talk about our moms. We do talk about Dave Dalton. Uh, We talk about many things. I was very happy to get him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not wasting any more time. It's time to fight with Raja Ali Ali. All right, so uh, Raja Ali, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How about yourself? I'm do, I'm doing fine. Um, but I I have a little bit of a saying, and it's I cannot escape ignorance without education. When you and I first kind of we didn't even really cross paths, but when we were kind of you were you were running over there and I was over here, yeah. Uh, it was Rahim Ali, the, yes. the Prince of Persia, Rahim yes. Ali. But now it's Raja Ali. Yeah. What,
1: what is yeah. the what's the difference here? It was uh, it was like a locker room talk one time where somebody was making fun of my age. They're like, how are you still a prince? you got to be nearing 40. You can't still be a prince. And I was like, you know what? That kind of makes sense. So I just switched. I'm like, well, Raja is king. So I'm going to start calling myself Raja Ali. <laughs> okay.
0: And what is Rahim?
1: Well, Rahim was just a name. It's like a first name. Oh, so it okay. was Prince Rahim Ali. And then it just became, well, instead of calling myself Raja Rahim Ali, which... You know, didn't make a lot of sense. I just dropped the ring. Oh,
0: okay. Because you see, my my wife's family is Hungarian, and there is a Mishi and there is a Micho in her family. (laughs) But I'm told that they mean the exact same thing. It's like it's like Mike to us. Yeah. It's like saying Mike instead of Michael, but to them it's Mishi and Micho. And apparently, at some point, there's there's not even really an age to it. But once you hit a certain point, it's like a show of respect that you've kind of moved over into like, we respect you now, you're a respected adult, so we're going to call you Misho now. Right. So I didn't know if that was something, but that makes more sense that now you're not the Prince of Persia. Right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I'm an old man now, apparently. (laughs) Well uh, and okay without without getting too much In those into those locker rooms I am actually. Well yeah,
0: exactly cuz it, it wasn't that long ago that I realized like I've been doing this now for about 20 years. Like not yeah. I I've, I've been like, you know, clerical stuff behind this, this the the scene stuff, ring announcing stuff. Right. But yeah, you've probably been doing this about the same time.
1: Yep, yeah, uh, 2004. So 18 yeah. years. Yeah. it was. Yeah. In fact, I didn't realize how long it was until I was, I was talking to Frankie, the mobster like two months ago. And it was just like, he was telling me how long he did it. And then when he told me just how long it's been, I'm like, oh my gosh, it has been such a long time. <laughs> and
0: like, and you say Frankie, the mobster, I have an old VHS t- tape um, mm-hmm. with Frankie, the mobster when he's just, just, just starting out. Yeah. Looks nothing like he no, does now. Not at all. Not at all. And it took me a while because, like, the sound's a little off and, like, he comes out and cuts, like, a little promo or something. And then when he comes out and so, oh, it's Frankie the Mobster. And it's like, wait, no, no, hold on. Back up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's Frankie the Mobster?
1: 90s Frankie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. It was like uh, Frankie the Mobster was on there. Uh, Showtime Sean McMillan was on there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, that's wild. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how, how did you get started into this? Like, let's go back to like young Raja or Raheem, Uh, (laughs) you know, when, Um, when, when the, when the Prince, when did the Prince get into, into wrestling here?
1: So, I mean, I've always been a fan of wrestling since the eighties. You grow up, you watch it. And I actually watched it with my grandmother. She got me into it. So it was like an old Indian woman who spoke no English. And she just loved, like, she would laugh at the screen. She loved Hulk Hogan because she would point and laugh at him. I don't know why, but she just found him hilarious. So she got me into wrestling. Uh, And then, you know, it just, it's a snowball effect where, like, once WCW, like, once I was introduced to WCW, then I got introduced to, like, oh, look at these guys who came from Japan. Well, I kind of want to see what's going on in Japan. Oh, this guy came from a place called ECW. What's that all about? And that opened a whole new world when I found out about, like, you know, ECW and the independents. So when I moved to Ottawa, I found out, oh, there are like local independents, like IWS was the first one I knew about uh, in this region, uh, because in Toronto, they had some different ones. Uh, And then that got me into uh, the local one nearby, CPW. And I went to a couple of those shows. And then I found out, hey, they have a training school if you're interested in this. And I was like, I am very much so interested in this. So I met uh, Wayne Kreiderman, Crusher Klein, who was the head trainer at the time. Uh and MVP, Michael Von Payton for the the other MVP, not the one yeah. who was on TV. And uh yeah, and I was like, okay, so how do I go about doing this? What's involved? And I I dove headfirst into it. I loved it. So Wayne Kreiderman,
0: uh, who is actually from Osgood, the same place mm-hmm. I'm from. Um that, that's the body slammers,
1: is it not? Uh, so, he, yeah, I mean, he brought that up with him. It was more oh, okay. the CPW training school. Body Slammers was uh, Al Snow's school in the U.S. Oh, and he okay. was the head trainer there. So he brought that with him up here.
0: Okay. So you uh, like you, you, jump right into training with mm-hmm. Wayne and MVP, Michael Von Payton. Um, are there any shocks? Are there any surprises? Like, was it what you thought it was going to be?
1: So the only thing that surprised me was, and I found out, you know, when it happened that everybody said, oh, it happens with every class was just how fast people dropped out. (laughs) Like, you know, my class started with like, I'd say seven or eight guys. And I was the last guy standing within four weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was told, yeah, that's normal. That happens. And I was like, well, what did people think they were signing up for? (laughs) Like, well, I mean, like, admittedly, we started training in a boxing ring. So it didn't have the same give as like a wrestling Mm -hmm. ring but at the same token, it's like, if you're protecting yourself, it doesn't matter. You should be fine. Um, I mean, like I, I, it was weird. I kind of knew what I was signing up for because I guess with like, I had a background in, in, uh, in uh, Taekwondo and amateur wrestling and football and all that. So it was just like, you know, regular bumps and pains that came with any other sport. And I just, I, I don't know. I I kind of, when I dove in and I was like, I really bought into it, the aches and pains we're just like, oh, this is just part of it. It'll eventually go away. <laughs> so did you say that you, you got into wrestling in the Toronto area? No, I got into it here. Oh, oh in okay. Area. Yeah, I knew, like, I learned about the independence when I was in Toronto because there were a couple around there, like a couple of scenes that I started going to watch. Oh, and okay. then when I moved here for university, I I've decided, okay, well, what's the local stuff around here? Okay. So
0: um, you you were born here in Canada. Yep.
1: Okay. Born in Toronto.
0: <laughs> born in Toronto. Um, but your, your family is Indian.
1: Yeah. My parents are from Mumbai.
0: Now I know, uh, TNA, not like it's not too long ago. They did, uh, the, the ring kicking, I believe it was, or something like that. Is there a wrestling culture in India?
1: uh yeah oh yeah and i don't know what it is now like but i remember when i was first starting it was like india like if you went to wrestle in india it was very real to them it was very much so if you were the bad guy you didn't go out in public and and be nice to the people you were the bad guy you stayed that way you were in character the entire time okay so i'm sure it's changed now i mean down for talking 20 years ago yeah uh, But yeah, back then, like there was, there's a huge culture of it in India. People love it. Okay. So
0: we're with Wayne. We're in Body Slammers. How long do you train before you get in the
1: ring? Uh, You mean like for your first match? Yeah, Um, first. It it really, and every school is kind of different, but there's no guarantee you're going to get a match. It really comes down to how well did you pick up your basic training? So for me, it took, I believe, about eight, nine months before I actually got a match out of it. And even then it was just like, I went to MVP and I'm like, are you sure I'm ready for this match? And he's like, oh yeah, you're fine. You've got this. Uh, And like the class after me had uh, Stu Grayson. And again, he was like six, seven months and he was ready for his first match. Um, But there are guys who, you know, they'll be in training and it's two years and it's still, they may get like a little feeler match, like a dark just to try something out with the instructor. And it's like, yeah, they're still not ready yet. Yeah. So it really, it really is. How fast can you grasp it? And because again, you have to take into account like how safe are you in that ring to not injure your opponent or yourself? Really. Yeah.
0: Um, and you know, some people might be listening and and thinking like, oh, okay, you know, it's like a small backwoods type training center. Um, there's actually like you mentioned Stu Grayson, mm-hmm. yourself, um, MVP. You know, he he had his training beforehand, but still yeah. like. You know, he uh, he honed his craft, if you will. Who are some of the other people that kind of came out of this uh, factory, if you
1: will? Uh, so the class before me was Evil Uno. He was actually, I uh, two classes before me, I think. Um, uh, the tag team Aftershock, who were they were a mainstay on the scene for a while here. Uh, oh boy, who else came out of that school? <laughs> it's so long ago, it's hard to remember everybody. Um, a lot of local guys, I mean, I don't know how international they got, but the big ones that came out of there were obviously Eva Luno, Stu Grace, and uh, MVP had a huge hand in, in training them. Um, and, and, then, and you uh, made and you made a pretty good mark for yourself as well. I'd like to think I did, yeah. Not up to like, their it, level, but it was hard to follow that. Well,
0: no, but you're you are being quite modest because you know you did make your way around Quebec and around Ontario if if yeah, not and, outside of that, did you? I, I did. I made it to the US a couple of times. Yeah. Okay. So you did make yourself a mark, like, and I hate using that, but yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you did, you know, you, you did carve out something cause there are a lot of people and you know, it, and I know it, there are a lot of people who don't leave their town, like or leave oh, yeah. Ottawa. And so there, you know, you, I'm, I'm not blowing any smoke up your ass when I say <laughs> like, you know, you, you did make a mark for yourself. Um, so I'm guessing you got your foot in, well, who was the first match against?
1: So, my first match was against uh, Uno, actually. It, oh, was, okay. uh, it was Rage Wrestling's first show in Gatineau. And uh, Uno and I were like, uh, you know, and I grew really close through training. So, he was like, Yeah, I'll walk you through your first match. It'll be fun. And you're we like, Okay. So, that was my first match and it okay. was it was i was bad i <laughs> I've, I've been i've gone back and watched it and we laugh i'm like what am i trying to do here it's pretty bad <laughs> i think he won on a body slam basically because he was like this is let's just end this
0: <laughs> so you d- you did kind of take the the prince of persia uh a, a gimmick was was it like that from the get go or
1: were you just you when you walked in it was so <laughs> Uh actually the original premise I wanted to do was a little bit different because uh I grew up in a neighborhood called Rexdale which was like it's a pretty ghetto northern etobicoke area in Toronto so that was kind of I wanted to take homage of that because that's just who I am in real life uh but then I remember talking with like Wayne and MVP and they're like yeah there's a lot of guys who do that kind of gimmick even though that is you you might want to ham up a little bit more of your heritage because there's not a lot of guys who have that kind of a background so I was like okay well if I'm going to do that like I wasn't going to be the guy who went out and you know called myself a sheik because that was just you know so stereotypical so I was like okay well what can I do well I've got Persian heritage and you know I'm a huge video gamer oh, I'll just I'll look at what the prince of persia stuff looks like oh that's kind of cool I'll kind of take off of that
0: <laughs> um was there any concern of you know disrespecting your heritage um, only because I've talked to people in the past who you know, they're born in Canada, but their heritage mm-hmm. is 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 uh, more international. And I asked, like, was there any concern? Some people say, ah, you know, like they, they were they weren't they were careful, but they still wanted to kind of amplify it a little bit because obviously it's yeah. wrestling. You want to amplify
1: stuff. Yeah. So the, you're gonna get the exact same answer for me, where I was oh, okay. like, you know, I didn't
0: I didn't want to <laughs> well, I I answer my own questions.
1: Well, I was I just I didn't want to be a caricature and I didn't want to try to be a stereotypical character. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna be like the sheik or like the the you know, at that time everybody was like, Oh, I have a great idea. You should act like a terrorist. Like, no, that's not gonna happen. I'm totally not gonna to do that to my own people. So I was like, Well, I'm just gonna act like Persian royalty. I'm just gonna act like, you know. What would, what do I think a Saudi prince would act like in front of these people? I'm going to act like that in front of these people.
0: So to kind of back up a little bit, uh, mom and dad, uh, well, what did mom and dad do growing up?
1: Uh, for So my dad's uh, a, a marine engineer, well, a retired marine engineer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom was, uh, she worked in law. But then when we, like when they moved to Canada, she just, whatever job she could get. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And they're of Persian heritage as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So now we kind of merge the two here. You, you're going out there and you're, uh, you're, you're enacting a Persian prince. Mm-hmm. What do mom and dad <laughs> think, number one, of their boy getting into wrestling? Number two, the, the character, if you will, or the gimmick, if you will, were, were they at your first match?
1: Uh, no, they no. have never seen me wrestle. Actually. They've never seen you <laughs> never wrestle. seen a single match in 20 years. And why uh, is that? Uh, number one, uh, they, so, so my dad probably, my dad would love to. I know he would. Okay. My mom definitely would not like to, because even though, you know, it's in the realm of entertainment, just seeing me possibly get hurt, <laughs> she, she she wouldn't stand for it. She'd probably have a heart attack watching me take a bump at the ring. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, they were not, uh, how do I put it? They, they weren't against it, but they weren't supportive of it. (laughs) They were, they were very much. So like, why do you have to do this? Why are (laughs) you doing this to us? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm doing this to you every time. Are you hurting yourself? I don't want you doing this. And I had a lot of those conversations with my mom, which was hilarious. Me, but I've had other family come and see me. Like I've had my cousin, uh, I've had a few cousins come and watch me wrestle and things like that, but uh, no, not my parents.
0: (laughs) So have mom and dad seen you on video?
1: No. 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 They I have the DVDs, they just they know. Nope.
0: <laughs> so do they, they now they must know what type of character you're oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, they know all about that. And that was the other thing where my mom right off the bat, she's like, why, why not just be the Indian boy that you are? And I was like, well, what does it matter? I was born and raised in Toronto. I might as well play off my Persian side. She's like, okay, but but why do you have to be a bad guy Persian? They already think we're bad people. And I was like, well, that's what they want me to be. That's not like I had a choice. <laughs> that was That was her big issue was, you know, why do you have to play the bad guy? People think we're bad already. <laughs> it's like, well, it's acting, mom. They couldn't yeah. get a white guy to play a brown person, so they had to get me to do it.
0: <laughs> well, because my mom, like, I didn't do that much in the ring, but I did some managing. And there was one time I was managing and uh A1, Alistair Rowles. Yeah. Uh I took a power bomb from him. Except I, I took it completely wrong and got Ooh. like a really bad concussion. Yeah. Like him and I. I've told the story before, but I'll tell it like real quick because uh, you you haven't heard it. Um we're in the we're in the back and we're trying to get our timing down. Mm-hmm. And because a power bomb does take a lot more timing than you would think it does. And we just couldn't do it. Like we did it for like half hour, 45 minutes, couldn't get our timing down. So what I should have said was, hey, like, why don't we do something else? Mm-hmm. But A1's thing was the power bomb. So he's like, Don't worry, I'll get you up. Now, a smart guy would have said, No, no. <laughs> Like, like, no, you're not. But what I said was like, okay. <laughs> so we go to do the spot. He reefs up on me. I push and I try to do the like. I'm not a sit up guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, sit ups are not in my workout routine. <laughs> but I I did like the most powerful sit up I could. Well, w- between him pulling and me sitting up, we lost our balance. No. So he tried to correct it and he went forward. And bef- uh, before I realized like, oh, I need to tuck my head. I'm, I'm halfway down. Oh no. Like you I a have- bomb basically. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh I need to no. tuck my chin. So I had a really bad concussion. And months later I'm at, uh, I'm at my mom's for Christmas. My brother's there. And he's like, well, do you have any ill effects from the concussion? I said, nah, like, I'm, as far as I know, I'm I'm fine." And they're like, "Do you want to see a video of it? Because you can see my head flop all over the place." <laughs> and he's like, "Well, yeah. Like, this is my brother. He's just like, well, yeah. I want to see your head flop all over the place." <laughs> so I put the I put the DVD in, and I'm, as I'm about to play it, I'm like, "Hey, mom, come watch." And she's like, <laughs> "No." I'm like, "Come on, come on! Like, it's funny. Like, come on, watch watch me take the power." No, 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 I'm, mom. I'm I'm standing here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> but no, she never watched it. She, she refused to ever watch me do anything. On Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, and one time, just because obviously she had me on social media, somebody po- or, uh, yeah, posted a photo of me um, as the ring announcer in this uh, promotion. I was, or I am part of Magnificent Championship Wrestling. One of the managers would always call me out as the ring announcer, and he would have me get down on all fours. And he would use he, and it would be like right next to the ring steps. I would the get down step. all four and then he would use me as the ring step. So he would humiliate me. And somebody took a picture of it and then they tagged me on social media. So I'm driving to work one day and my mom calls me and is like, um, Matt, why is there a picture of a man climbing on you on my computer? And I am I have no idea what she's talking about because the show had been like a month before. Right, I have no idea what she's talking about. And she goes, well, you're obviously beside a ring and you're on all fours and someone's stepping. And I'm like, oh, okay, mom. It's just... And I explained it to her. And she's like, well, why are they doing this to you? And I'm like, mom, it's it's to get them to boo them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, just, it's, it's something like that. It's and hard goes, to explain. Well, yeah. Although <laughs> my mom did follow it up with, well, you do get revenge, right? So she oh, Okay, so she understood
1: that. She, she understands the
0: concept of wrestling. Barely ever watched it, but she understood the concept. And yeah, she was just like, well, you get revenge. Right. And I said, I don't know, mom. And I never did. And, you (laughs) know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. Like, so I have a similar thing with my mom where the only thing she knew that I did in wrestling was one of my cousins came to um, one of my shows. He lives in Southern Ontario and I used to be a regular for PWA Mm -hmm. And uh, he and his wife were were yelling at me the second I came through the curtain because they knew I was a bad guy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have some fun with this. So I, I yelled at him back and I said, you know, I'm a prince. You should kiss my royal boot. And I stuck my boot out. So he kissed it. And, uh, and I was driving home the next day with MVP and I get this phone call and I'm like, it's my parents calling. Did we leave something at their house? Cause we stayed with them. And I picked up the phone and my mom's yelling at me. Why did you make your cousin kiss your boot? I'm like, how did you find out about this? Apparently he told everybody how it was the night before and how it was fun and how I made him kiss his boot. And then when my mom found out, she's like, you made your cousin kiss your boot. What's the matter with you? So I had this huge talk with her about it. <laughs> I basically got in trouble for being a heel.
0: well again she because she said before why do you have to be the bad guy right (laughs) like people people already look at us different um so i'll I'll get back to cpw in a minute but kind of we go from the prince of persia then we kind of amp it up when it's for interspecies wrestling (laughs) and you are muhammad the terrorist
1: cow yeah and that one was, that, that one was tough to do because okay. it was, it was when it was discussed with me, it, it first, the first discussion of it was flat out. Like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's I'm not going to make fun of my people that way. yeah uh, And then it was sort of a, well, what if we twisted it and pointed out how cowardly the terrorists are? And I was like, oh, that's a different spin. I can go with that. That's because, you know, that's kind of the angle that it works with. I mean, the backstory behind this whole thing is the cow's parents were killed by McDonald's to make hamburgers. Yeah. (laughs) And he's angry at people for it. Um, and then, you know, it just sort of took off from there and then it became, you know, we kind of just spoofed off of it where it's like, he's still called a terrorist, but it was like, no longer really a terrorist cow. It was more just like, this is a crazy cow human being who's saying crazy things. Um, yeah, again, that was one of those ones where it was like, how do I walk the line on this one without crossing it over to a point where I'm not happy doing this?
0: And to me, and maybe it's totally different to you, you got to give credit to Mike Roach oh, because, absolutely. you know, an amazing, amazing mind. I say that as many times as I possibly can. Like mm-hmm. the guy is absolutely flipping brilliant. Yeah. Um, the way he can paint a picture, I'm sure like, you know, as you said originally, when he brought it up, it's like, "No, nah, no, thanks." But then, when yeah, when he puts that spin on it, you can actually see it. Mm-hmm. And so, what what does mom think of this? Or did mom ever hear about uh, Muhammad? No, they don't know
1: about that one. They don't know about Muhammad. <laughs> no, no, that would be hard to explain.
0: <laughs> oh, here and now, I'm here. I'm hoping <laughs> it's a... like, oh, our son has been on a podcast. Let's listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what is this, Muhammad? What's char- this about what? a
1: cow? What? Yes, you he's did a cow? A yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, your foil. Um, as Muhammad the, the, the terrorist cow, just in case no one has ever seen this, go find it, because it is great stuff. It's it's basic. It, it's basic storytelling, really. Right. But your foil is Flip D. Burger.
1: Yes. The guy who works for McDonald's.
0: <laughs> yes. And, of course, uh, people would know him uh, by another name, but we're yes. like, yeah. Um, but yeah, just and Flip D. Burger he he has the headset, yeah. and he has to stop the matches. And he's like, "Hold on!" And just like, "Can I take your order?" And he he and he actually did work at
1: McDonald's at the did time. Did he really? So, yeah. So it was just his McDonald's gear that he brought with him. I never knew that. Yeah, it's like a part-time thing. I never knew he actually worked <laughs> for McDonald's. That's where he got the gear from. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I
0: always wondered that too. Like, where do you find like a headset like that? And... Yeah, no,
1: that was his McDonald's stuff.
0: <laughs> now I I know that you're, you're close with him. Mm-hmm. What was it like? Like how much, how much, uh, how much rain did you guys have on the storytelling and how much of it was Mike Roch?
1: So uh, that was the thing that I lo- why I was really comfortable with doing the gimmick with, with Raj was because it wasn't Raj saying, I want you to do this. It was Raj like, Hey, what do you think about this? there was never a point where I think he ever told me I have to do something. It was very much. So like, what's your input on it? So because I had total input on it, it just made it easier to do. And I was like, well, what do you think if we did it this way? And he'd be like, Oh yeah, I love it. Let's go with that. So, you know, working with flip was, I mean, like I, I, training with him was easy. So I, you know, working with him was even easier because we just knew each other well, where we're like, Hey, do you want to do this? Hey, do you want to do that? So like, even we built it up to, so for those who've never seen it before, and I was told it was out there. I haven't seen it, but, um, we built up to a hardcore match and that was just the easiest thing to plan. Cause we were just like, well, what do you want to hurt each other with? <laughs> let's uh, let's figure this thing out. And then Roch came back and he's like, Hey, what do you guys think about Lego instead of like thumbtacks? And we were both like, what do you mean? Like just scattering Lego around the ring. He's like, yeah, I've, I think it might be a cool idea. And we're like, okay, sure. Let's see what happens when we do that. And uh, yeah, that was, I think I, I could be wrong, but I believe that was the first time they used Lego in ISW. And uh, so it was, it was super easy to plan. Like like the whole program was so easy to plan.
0: Now I've never had a chance to ask anyone, what is it like to be slammed or to fall or to quote unquote bump on Lego?
1: <laughs> it hurts. It does because it, <laughs> there's no better way to say it. It's like, it's hard to explain because it's like, if you ever stepped on Lego, imagine that all over the back, there's just no way to brace for it. You, you just, you take it and you roll over as quickly as you can. <laughs> um, yeah, it it stings.
0: Now, in your career, have you ever gone onto the thumbtacks?
1: No, I've no. Uh, no. I've been in matches that had thumbtacks. I oh, okay. didn't take the bump onto them. Uh, Another wrestlers, other wrestlers have taken the bump onto it.
0: Okay, because I was going to ask, like, comparatively <laughs> <laughs> yeah. between the the Lego and the thumbtacks. Um, now the, that the storyline also evolved, there was you, Muhammad, but then another cow came into it, but I can't remember who it was. <laughs> Mustafa, Mustafa, my, Mustafa, my cousin. Yes, your your cousin Mustafa. Yeah, and but Flip had did
1: Flip have a, a partner too? Stinky, the homeless guy. It was rest stinky. in peace, Frank. Yes, rest
0: in peace, Frank. It was stinky. Okay. It was
1: stinky. So I worked a little program with Stinky too, which was oh it was so much fun. So how did <laughs> Stinky get involved? Uh, so Mustafa and I tagged up and we were beating up Flippy Burger and we said, nobody wants to tag with some low budget McDonald's employee. So he grabbed the microphone and started going around asking people, would you be my partner? Will you be my partner? Will you be my partner? And then he went outside onto the street and found stinky, the homeless guy out there and said, Hey, would you like to wrestle for uh, some food? And he's like, sure. So he came in and that was it.
0: (laughs) Oh, you, you. You already said rest in peace, Frank, but, uh, and we just had the, uh, the, the, the cancer benefit. Yeah. The fighting back just recently. Uh, every time I hear that guy mentioned just it's, uh, well, it's always a shame that someone passes so young, but for sure, uh, I, I worked alongside Frank once and I, I, I wish he would have had the opportunity to, to keep going. Um, let's kind of go back to CPW. Sure. Because I'm a product of UWA, Uh you're a product of CPW. There was a quote-unquote feud. (laughs) Yeah, Um, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Exactly. Well, I don't want to say apparently because I worked close with Dave Dalton, so I kind of heard more about the feud. But the wrestlers themselves, like, be it you know your side with uh, Danger Bay or or. or, wild and dangerous client.
1: yeah that's yeah, it that? yeah. like wild and dangerous yeah wild and dangerous
0: dan <laughs> and uh and, and quint wayne Kreiderman. um so products of them and products of dave they didn't really know so much did did you get any residual or anything from this feud or did you no
1: no it was it's weird so like i remember the first time i met um like chaz and the hunks and john Rukin and all those guys who trained with dalton it was uh I think it was one of the ISW shows they came out and just checked and we just started talking. We realized, oh, we're from quote rival training schools, but we just we got along. Uh, so there was no there was no beef there. We just had a good time with each other. And then um, and then when CPW's training facility closed down, I remember those guys said, Hey, you should talk to Dalton. He might be okay with you guys just coming over and like training with us and just using the ring. And, uh, and so I, like the first time I met Dalton was at a UWA training facility and he was very easy to talk to. And he, he was the one who told me about it. He's like, yeah, so you might know, or you might not know there's beef that I have with some of the guys over there, but you know, even though the fact that you were trained from them, I know you've had good training, so I'm not gonna, you know, I don't have any issues with you and we'll just go from here. And I was like, sure, perfectly fine. So <laughs> there was, there was never any, uh, any of that, that rubbed off on me.
0: Yeah, because uh, I know that a lot of the ill will was more towards Wild and Dangerous Dan mm-hmm. and MVP, uh, mm-hmm. but that has all now been, you know, quashed. And because yeah. MVP ended up coming over to UWA when the training, when the training yeah. school uh, closed, um, did you, did you come and work for UWA?
1: I did. You did. Yeah. My first show was a Cornwall show. Okay. And uh who did I wrestle on that show? I actually don't remember.
0: Again, that's like 15, 16 yeah, was, years ago. Yeah, it was 15,
1: 16 years ago. I remember they had uh it was Bobby Roode in the main event and Abyss. Oh, was there. that the cage match? I think it was the cage match, yeah.
0: Ah, or if yeah. you could call it a cage, it was <laughs> yeah, well, yes, it was
1: <laughs> fence match.
0: <laughs> yes. I I I had left UWA by that point and Apparently there is video of this match out there somewhere. I I have not been able to find. But that is my holy grail right now. That is one one of my holy grails is finding that cage match because people just keep saying to me like I just I can't tell you how bad
1: that cage was. You just you have to it see it. Didn't stay up. Let's just put it that way. Well, yeah. At some I, point, it took people holding it to keep it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: so, but. I, I was told like it it looked bad and it performed bad and just they can't they just can't do it justice. You have to see
1: it. Yeah, it was it was bad and Dave Dave was cussing the entire time. <laughs> Typical Dave, like I said, I just walked yeah. around the back. Definitely broke another one, goddamn losing his mind in the back. <laughs>
0: But I guess I guess he was lucky to an extent because he had like Bobby Roode and Abyss in there, and like yeah, they they yeah. know like oh they knew what to do <laughs> they knew how to improv and they knew how to to make it work. Um, so from there, there is is it just me or is there a gap between? I I, I well actually no let's let's kind of move it forward a little bit. The first time I think you and I ever met was when you came up here for Alpha One. Probably yeah probably. Cause I, I had heard about you all the time yeah. and I was a huge fan of interspecies. So I had seen right. the, 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 the Muhammad stuff. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, the first time I met you was actually here for alpha one, which I'm, I regret. I think you only came here the once
1: I did. Only yeah. Time, yeah. It was regret- the inaugural show actually.
0: It was, it was <clears throat> yeah. the inaugural show. Yeah. Um, Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe not, maybe it wasn't here, maybe it was more back uh, in the Ottawa area, were people chanting at you about being a taxi driver?
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I get a lot of that. I got a lot of uh, taxi driver chants. I've got a lot of uh, 7-Elevens. I got a lot of camel jockeys. I've got some extremely racist chants. (laughs)
0: Well, how bad did it ever get? Or did it really get Uh, really bad?
1: I had, and uh, it was, I won't say which wrestler said he was going to say it. He said, I'm going to call you a sand N-word in a promo. And I was like, no, you're not. And he's (laughs) like, yeah, I am. And then he did. And the crowd chanted along with it. And I got, I got, and that was where I was like, "I'm, I'm not sticking around for this. So I got out of the ring and I got to the back and, uh, and the promoter was like, "I am so sorry, I didn't know that was going to happen." And I was like, "Yeah, I kind of thought that was going to happen." <laughs> so, well, I did know it was going to happen. I told him not to. Yeah, basically. So uh, that—that's the worst that I had, where it was just like, "No, I'm not comfortable with this. This is this is too far."
0: Now, did, did uh, like I don't know if taxi driver would make you feel uncomfortable, but was it uncomfortable in general, or was it just all for fun?
1: A little from column A, a little from column B. I know that yeah. the insults are coming from a, a good place. Like they're probably not racist people just chanting these things, but at the same token, it's also like, yeah, that's, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you
0: can't help but like, look at these people and just like, yeah, you, you kind of look racist. Oh, you got of Exactly. You look right. Racist. Like you, you uh, look you like look the person okay. who
1: would say this to somebody just out on the street. So,
0: and I was just talking to someone just recently about uh, like people's kids. And I I I don't know what my opinion would be if I saw a kid like chanting because like dad sitting there and just, you know, taxi driver and like the kid just going, yeah, that's called taxi driver. Yeah,
1: it's it's (laughs) weird. There have been there have been some shows where I've been on where it's like the kids are saying the most messed up stuff I've ever heard. And the parents are just laughing. I'm like, "Mm, you might want to check that because he's dropping those F-bombs like it's nothing. (laughs)
0: Well, I was just talking to Mr. Mello not too long ago, and I was mm-hmm. telling him about a show that I did in Kingston and I was managing. And there was a kid behind me. And at first it was you know, you're a jerk, you're 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 a dummy, you're a yeah. loser, you're like, oh, okay, whatever, yeah. But then he's just like, You're a fucking asshole. I'm just like, Oh, you know, oh these where it did that, that one come from? I, yeah, and I'm just and I just keep doing the, watching the match, watch the match, and he's like, Hey, you're a fucking asshole. I'm just like <laughs> Okay, he did it again. And then he's just like, hey, I'm talking to you, fucker. And like, I know I had I looked at him yeah, once yeah. to just kind of give him a look. but And that was before. And I turned and I'm just like, and dad's sitting right next to him, just smiling from ear to ear. And I wanted to say like, are you letting your kid <laughs> talk mm-hmm. like this? Like the kid's like eight, nine, maybe ten. Yeah. And I, are you letting your kid talk like? Oh this? yeah,
1: I always say it. I'm like, you know, there are some amazing wrestling fans out there, but yeah, there's a lot of lowbrow wrestling fans out there too.
0: <laughs> so to yeah. get back to what I asked earlier, is it just me or was there a gap where you kind your name kind of disappeared? or you got out of wrestling for a bit?
1: Um, so at one point, so when C four was well underway. Uh, I did have to step away for a while because I, 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 had back issues and then I went and I got them looked at and I was told I had the back of a 90 year old <laughs> and I was like, oh, so how bad is it? And they're like, well, if you keep going, uh, you may actually start to get some nerve damage. So I was like, okay, so maybe I need some time to heal. So I, I stopped for a couple of years. Okay. And took a, took a good break away. Well, I say a couple of years. I mean, I think it was probably a year and a half of not actually wrestling. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to slowly get back into it and manage and uh, commentate and things like that. And then, uh, and then, you know, once I was healed, I was like, well, let's just see, I'm going to, I'm going to roll around a little bit and train a little bit and see how that goes. And everything's been fine ever since I changed my whole regimen, my whole workout routine everything sort of since that moment i kind of needed that wake-up call of hey you're not that young kid anymore who could you know you're not starting off how you were in the business you've been doing this a while now you need to actually stretch before a match and and take care of what you're putting into your body and things like that
0: um are you a family guy
1: (laughs) i am you are yeah wife and children wife and two daughters
0: wife and two daughters Mm -hmm. so i gotta ask because especially with the back problems
1: what's what does the wife think of all this uh very supportive but not a fan she's she's never been a fan of wrestling it's kind of part of the reason why i love being with her yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah she's very supportive of it she's never been like you need to stop you can't do this anymore she's always been like it's your decision but at the same token just make sure you're not doing anything crazy um which those days are kind of behind me too, where it was like, you, like, as you said, where you're just like, I should have said no, but I'll agree to do this thing anyways. Yeah, I, I've, I've moved past those days of just agreeing to things without really knowing what the consequences are. Yeah. And, and the girls? Uh, six and seven. So they know I go to wrestling. I have not taken them to a show yet.
0: Okay. Have they ever yeah. seen wrestling?
1: Uh, on TV. Yes. Okay. Because yeah.
0: you see, my son still hasn't even seen wrestling. The extent was I did a, an eye pay-per-view one time and my wife, uh, they, they gave me like a code so they could, my wife could get the the pay-per-view and she's not a wrestling fan either. She just wanted the opening sequence where it comes out of the the montage and then I'm in the center of the ring saying, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to blah, blah, blah. And right. My son, who's like three at the time, apparently he was just like, Daddy. And then he sat there and watched me for like a minute and I was just like, I'm gonna go play.
1: Yeah. It was basically the same with my girls. I think they were watching, I was like watching AEW and they came downstairs to say goodnight and they looked at it on screen, and they're like, This is wrestling. And they watched it for maybe all of a minute, and like, okay, bye, daddy. And then they yeah. took off. Yeah.
0: I, I my son also, like the other day, um, I uh he, he came downstairs and I was watching UFC. And that I want, like, I didn't even really like, realize that he had come down. And right. he just came around the corner. It's just like, daddy, what are you watching? I'm like, no, nothing, oh, yep, yep, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah. don't worry yes. about that. And he's just like, is that wrestling? I'm like, no, it's it's just something that you shouldn't be watching. And of course, now it gets into, well, why are you watching it? Because I'm adult and I know I'm not getting, I'm not going to get ideas from this and take him to work.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> you might get ideas from this and take it to school. Really? You're so, not planning on going to work and punching somebody in the face and putting a front face lock on them. <laughs> not planning. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm not planning on, I'm thinking about it. I'm dreaming up, not planning. Yes. Never planning on doing it. Never planning on it. So um, where was I, where was I going with that? We we talked about the wife and what, uh, yeah. what she was yeah. thinking of it. And we talked about the girls Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, oh, I know what I was going to tell you was um, I was telling someone a story. My wife was talking to a friend of hers, and somehow wrestling came up. And I had mentioned that the ring that I used to own, Dalton's old ring, Mm -hmm. um, that it was before it became a six
1: sided, or when it was when it became a six sided. Oh wow, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot
0: Alpha One bought that ring. Yeah, you guys. No, no, no. Alpha One was renting it off me. Um, But what happened was. Uh, when I left Ottawa, Dave said, I'm going to retire in the next year or two. And I said, okay, I want to buy your stuff. So I paid him for it. I said, just so there's no confusion, no nothing. Here's the money you want for it. And I bought the ring and the guardrails and the entrance. And I think I had the video wall and stuff like that. Um, and then after a little while, he like I was talking to him on the phone and he's just like, hey, guess what? And I, What's up? And he's like, I changed the ring. Well, what would you do to it? He's like, it's a six-sider now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, in my head, I'm thinking, like, well, should you not have mentioned this to me? Yeah. Because <laughs> I paid for this thing. Oh, yeah. But I thought, oh, yeah, okay, that, that'll be cool. It'll be a six-sider. No,
1: no. I... no it was not designed for that. And I think it's falling apart as a six-sider.
0: <laughs> it did. And it needed a lot of welding and a lot of work. And Yeah. But we oh, got through. Oh, I know.
1: Because I remember when, uh, so when we came down for that Alpha One show, uh, and I remember we were staying with, um, I think we were staying at Hacker Scotty O'Shea's place, or and so, or was it Ethan Page's? No, it was Hacker's place, I think. And anyways, they were talking about it. And Ethan Page was like, "Yeah, yeah, we got this six sided ring," and instantly Uno and Stu and I just looked at each other, and were like, "Wait a minute." is this like the UWA ring from Ottawa? That's six-sided the ring. They're like, yeah, why? And we were like, oh, guys, that ring's going to fall apart in like the second match. And we, get, we started telling him all these stories. He's like, you guys are having me freak out right now. Is this a bad ring? We're like, no, it'll be fine. It's just, it has a lot of work. <laughs> it needs a lot of work.
0: <laughs> and it did. And It, in it a did, way, yeah. I got,
1: I got it to,
0: I guess, a respectable point by the first show. Um, because what I did was I got it and then I'm like, well, I've never assembled a six sided ring. So I assembled it in my in-laws driveway and then I got in and that's when I started like, this does not feel good at all.
1: Yeah. It it (laughs) had a lot of work.
0: (laughs) Yes. And so I tightened some stuff up and I, you know, I think I changed some boards and the padding I changed and this, that, and the other, but yeah, it still needed work after that, Right, Right. but it was headache after headache, after headache, after headache. And this is what like, my, my wife and her friend are sitting there. And I said, yeah, I owned a wrestling ring. And I mentioned that it was for sale again just recently. The guy who bought it off of me is selling it again. And uh, I had told her friend the story that my, my wife came to work or to my work. And I had, just, I had had enough of it. It was just too much of a headache. And I'm just like, you know what? I know this guy is interested. I got a hold of him. And I said, uh, hey, give me an offer. So he made me an offer. I sold it to him. My wife comes to my work that night and I said, By the way, I want to tell you something. I sold my ring. And the first thing she did was look at my left hand. <laughs> and yeah, I just looked at my left hand and I'm just like, No, not that no, one. No, not that one. <laughs> I said, My rest, like, hold on. When I say I sold my ring, your first thought is my yeah. wedding ring? Yeah, because you'd say it so casually, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm like, You thought I would sell this before I would sell that? <laughs> yeah. And and I and then I said, uh, like, you know, my my wife and she said, like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure? And then a couple days ago, when I'm telling this story, my wife is just like, oh, yeah, I was happy to get rid of that.
1: Those Um, things take up space, too.
0: Oh, they do. (laughs) Oh, they do. (laughs) When uh, when Dave got out of it, I had to find somewhere to keep it. Mm -hmm. And. I'm, I'm kind of like a worst case scenario guy like i'll set up the worst case scenario but then i'll try to find something better right um so i i had my mom talked into if i can't find anywhere else to put this thing can i keep it in your in your garage and she' was, oh matt i, I don't have i i have people because when my dad left my mom had this huge garage area and of course everyone in the dog is like oh linda would you mind if i you know kept something in the garage <laughs> yeah. so i'm just like mom like you know can if nothing else happens, can I put the ring in there? Oh, Matthew, everybody has <laughs> stuff in this in this garage and that that da, 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 da. i am like, but mom, I'm your son.
1: <laughs> Got to play that card. Exactly. If,
0: if you're going <laughs> to let the neighbor two doors down, put their lawn stuff, I can put a wrestling ring in your
1: garage. <laughs> That's how I guilted my parents into staying up when, uh, when we would come to Southern Ontario for shows. I'm like, okay, the show will be done. We'll be there by about 2.33 in the morning. You don't have to stay up, but leave a light on for your son, right? You'll have dinner on like the stuff for us just in case, right? Uh huh. (laughs) So, what, uh,
0: like, I've seen you and uh, MVP are teaming up. I've seen you team up a few times. Yeah. Have the two of you kind of eased into kind of like a role of like helping people along or, or what's, what's kind yeah. of the, 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 role now?
1: Yeah. We're kind of at that stage now where we realize, you know, if, uh, and you know, I'm kind of with a mindset where I won't go out of my way to impart anything to anybody, but if somebody comes and asks me, I'll gladly give them whatever I know. Uh, so we we're kind of at that stage now where we kind of want we want to work you know, the younger guys and just sort of guide them along to make sure they don't make the mistakes that we did to make sure they have long careers and, you know, point out the way that things should be done now, because we learned from how they were done in the past. And we're like, we did not like how these things were done. Uh, we help out at, uh, the keep, which okay. is the, uh, evil, Uno, Stu Grayson training facility. Uh, so we go in there and we help with their their students and, and help train them a couple of times too. And yeah, it, you know we're kind of at that stage now where it's like we we see we see there is an end in sight. We're not there yet, but we see there is an end. So we just want to help out as much as we can until we get there.
0: And are you guys are you still having fun doing this?
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm having a blast doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't know. There's there's just something about it where it's like you. I still feel like that kid or like, or I'd say, I guess I feel like the first day of training where it's just like, I'm still excited when I go to shows.
0: Did, uh, is there any disappointment? Like, did you, did you get where you wanted to go? Was,
1: was the plan ever to really take off or. <clears throat> uh, no, I, if I'm being quite honest, no, I didn't get as far as I wanted to go, but I'm okay with the sacrifices I had to make for personal life. So I was okay with that. I knew, I knew, I knew I would have to take a lot more sacrifices to get to where I wanted to go and, and I wasn't willing to do that. Okay. And and that's what I say to a lot of the younger guys is if, if this is something you seriously want and you're willing to commit to it, there are sacrifices you'll have to make and just be prepared for that. Yeah.
0: Um last question. It's kind of odd. Um, a picture that I see or yeah, a picture that I just saw of you recently, you're wearing a varsity jacket. Yeah. What what what's is is there any story behind the varsity
1: jacket? <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> I'm just wearing a a it's uh, so it's got an A on it. If you didn't yes. notice, <laughs> I did. Um, no, it was more so just like a uh, like a the the group. So like James Stone, MVP, and I have formed a, a group called the Origin Point, and we're sort of like a. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, we're calling ourselves kind of sort of the founding fathers of wrestling here in Ottawa. And so it was sort of a, you know, it just, it just reminded me of those old eighties movies of like, you know, you have the varsity jacket that shows that you belong, you are the guys. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring this back. <laughs> All
0: right. I lied. There is one more question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you said that you're part of the keep and uh, that, you know, you kind of, you enjoy the role you're in now. Who are some of the guys? Cause Ottawa, really does not get the credit for the people that they that they develop Mm -hmm. who
1: are some of the guys that we should be watching out for uh right off the top of my head junior benito if uh I, i don't know if he's i mean he's out there now obviously but i mean that's a name for sure i think he was one of the first students to graduate from the keep and uh yeah the kids just he's something special just as a human being he's such a nice boy and like Oh, he's a man now. I should say nice man. Um, And he's just, you know, down to earth guy, but he's just so special in that ring. Uh, McRae, the hot stepper is another one to watch out for. Again, very talented guy, very for a bigger body person. He moves so swiftly in that ring and he just he absorbs like a sponge. Uh, another guy from that group is uh, Dexter Doom. He's probably not as known, but he's also one of those guys who's like he's just willing to learn and loves it. Uh, and he has like a he has like that MMA background in him. So yeah, those would be the big three at the top of my head. I'd say just watch out for them. All right. Raja, I was, <laughs>
0: was going to say Raheem, but Raja, I, 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 wa- I, I want to pay respect to the to the king. <laughs> uh I really appreciate you coming on here and hey, thank uh, you. Thank this you so great. much for your time and uh you know g- good luck in uh in your future.
1: Thank you very much, sir. This All was right. awesome. You have yourself a good time. You too. Bye.
0: That was Raja Ali. I think that was a great talk. I didn't know what to expect. As I mentioned, I think I've only met him once. But he is a guy I have followed, admired, and wanted to get on the show. Um, we, we did allude to the, to the beef between UWA and CPW. Uh, you may have picked up that the beef meant more to me than it did to him. Uh, there's that analogy again. Um, there's nothing unusual about that. I have found over the years that the beef meant more to the backstage uh, clerical-type staff than it did to the wrestlers themselves. And that's where I was predominantly. Uh, Backstage, clerical, writing type of stuff. Uh, And, you know, I'm sure my youth played a part in my view of the beef you know i, I kind of remember thinking and and feeling like just like oh you know there's there's a beef between them and us and oh this, this is the kind of stuff i've heard about and and this is the wrestling business and and oh this is this is the dark side of wrestling i'm i'm living the dark side of wrestling business and oh th- this is this this is what i signed up for and this this is Oh, this is big stuff. And <laughs> what can I say? I I was a bit of a, a loser when I was younger. So uh, I will see you all next week, fighters. Isaac, I love you, buddy.